What's up? It's Marvin of the Miles Ahead Podcast. For today's episode, it will be based on the NBA. I will be giving my reactions to some of the more notable first round playoff series. I will also give my reactions to the Nets versus Bucks game one and the Sixers versus Hawks game one, as well as my predictions for the second round. Now let's get into it, but first, Here's a commercial break. Now let's dive into my reaction to some of the more notable playoff series in the first round, starting with the Western Conference, with the Nuggets versus the Blazers. The Blazers were fully healthy, and they lost to the Nuggets without two of their starting guards in Jamal Murray and Will Barton. Now that's terrible. Damian Lillard's leadership and inconsistency proved exactly why they lost. He could not instill confidence within his teammates that they could come up with the win. Plus then on top of that, Damian Lillard, he could have a a hot night Okay, he could go on fire, something like 15 for 20 or 17 for 25. And then the next night, he'll go 6 for 19. That's just how he is as a basketball player. He's very streaky. Also, Terry Stotts, his coach, he was not making good enough adjustments on defense and offense, which is why he got fired recently. In game six, Damian Lillard, he was 0 for 3 in the third quarter and 1 for 6 in the fourth quarter. Damian Lillard, all he really did prove was that he's just not better than Jokic. Jokic is on another level. Jokic is arguably a top five player right now. But Damian Lillard, he's always been in the top 10 on the fringe. Jokic proved once again why he's better than Dame. Because guess what? He had already did it before. He outplayed Damian Lillard in their series prior when they met up in the second round a couple of years ago. The thing is is that CJ McCollum, he closed the deal. And Jokic in this series, he instilled confidence in his teammates. And everyone was a believer in him as well. And the offense that he was coming with. He was directing the whole team. He averaged 33 points. 10 rebounds and 4.5 assists. But guess what? He probably had even more secondary assists. Off of the way that he was playing. He also showed up in the fourth quarter. Balled out. And guess what? Not only that. He averaged 50. And guess what? Not only that, he did all of this on 52% shooting from the field, 42% from three, and 91% from the free throw line. He had a 50-40-90 in the first round playoff series. That's a baller. And he cannot be stopped. Now let's move on 
to the next notable playoff series that happened. I'm going to get my reaction to that one coming up next. Now let's get into my reaction to the Suns versus the Lakers first round matchup. This series is all about excuses, excuses, excuses on LeBron James and the media. You want to know what LeBron James should have been? Out. He should not have been playing in the playoffs or the play-in. Because you want to know why? He broke the COVID protocol. That's not fair to the stars in the league. The superstars and the role players. None of that. That's not right. You want to know who broke the COVID protocol and had to sit out? Kyrie Irving. Kevin Durant. Lou Williams. James Harden. Why can't we do the same for LeBron James? Why couldn't we keep the same energy for him? They should have. They should have. But let's get into the series. LeBron James, he quit on his team. Yes, he did. I said it. Don't give me that. He ended with 29 points on the last game. He stat padded that game to make it seem as if it wasn't him, it was the role players. Just like he did in 2018, in the 2018 finals. He did the same thing. Like it wasn't him, it was the role players. When everybody knows that's not the case, everybody knows that he has legitimate NBA players on his team. It's not fair to the team. And I'm going to tell you this, LeBron James has not been in his prime for about three years. Okay? The last time that he was great was in 2018. Okay? In 2019... He said playoff mode is activated, and he missed the playoffs. In 2020, he was not the best player on the team. It was Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis deserved finals MVP. Okay, he was great on offense and defense, and he only had one bad game. That was it. And he wasn't even the second best player on the floor. It was Ray John Rondo. And listen... I don't think I would have ever saw this level of quitting from Michael Jordan, from Larry Bird, from Tim Duncan. I would have never saw none of that. You want to know what I heard? As soon as Chris Paul got injured, this series is over. They're not going to last without Chris Paul. And then after that, then they lose. Because of the leadership of LeBron James. LeBron James, he was not good this series. He averaged about 22 points on bad percentages. Not only that, you know what's funny? Isn't it when Anthony Davis goes out or certain players go out, star players, LeBron James is supposed to, you know, beef up his numbers and his numbers are supposed to go up? 
Well, this series, it didn't. It really didn't. And to me, I think LeBron James should just retire. But I'm not gonna make the I'm not gonna make his decisions for him. But that's my opinion. And and they also said prior to the series that the Suns are the underdog. And to me, they were. I gave the Suns about a 30% chance of winning this series. But because of, you know, LeBron and, you know, him not playing so well, they ended up coming up on top. And pertaining to the Suns, this was a good win for the Suns. But it's not necessarily a good win for Chris Paul. He has to do more. He has to get to a conference finals for this to be validated. I think that Chris Paul, he had a very good series, but he was not the catalyst for why they won this series. Why they won this series was because of Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and a bunch of the role players hitting their shots. For game six, Chris Paul hit about three shots in the fourth quarter. Stop praising Chris Paul so much. Okay? Chris Paul, he has more to do. He has more work to do in the second round. If he's out in the second round, that looks terrible in his career again. And shout out to Monty Williams. He was able to make the right adjustments. He was able to keep this team firm and wet and ready for the moment. And he kept it from not being afraid. Monty Williams is an elite coach. He should have never been fired. And he definitely coached a great series. And as for the Lakers... They have more work to do. They got more work to do. And to me, the only way that they're going to get better is if Anthony Davis stays healthy throughout an entire series and season. That's the only way. Because this Laker team lives and thrives off of Anthony Davis. So that's it on my first round reaction to the Suns versus the Lakers. Now let's dive into my final reaction for the Western Conference with the Clippers versus the Mavericks. This series was extremely entertaining. Luka Doncic really did prove himself to be one of the best players in the league, but he came up short to a superstar in Kawhi Leonard, who really just couldn't be stopped. He had one bad game, and he made up for it 
in the last two games of the series. Balling somewhere near close to 98 Jordan again like he did in like he did against the Raptors. Kawhi Leonard, he is a monster. But Luka Doncic, he's on the come up. And to me, the reason why they lost is because the offense relied way too much on Luka Doncic. It sure did. There is not a lot of off-ball movement from Luka. He always had to have the ball in his hands. And of course, that's going to look good, but you know, are you really winning games? No, not really. So that's on Rick Carlisle to be able to switch up the game plan and, adju- and adjust to how things should be, which should be more off-ball movement. Luka Doncic, he balls like James Harden. So that's exactly why they ended up losing. And Luka Doncic, he's nowhere near in comparison to Larry Bird. That's more so Jokic. Nikola Jokic, he's more so in comparison to Larry Bird, if anything. And he's been proving it in the playoffs. But uh, shout out to the Mavericks for taking the Clippers this far. They definitely should have closed the deal. And uh, shout out to Paul George. He definitely did step up and he came through. And within the last two games, he didn't give up on his team. And Rondo, he definitely did show his leadership in aspects of this game, which was needed. And so did the coaching as well. They definitely made some adjustments. They put in Luke Kennard. And he was able to get some big buckets down the stretch. And... The Clippers are moving on. And yes, it did take seven games, but dag, it was really thrilling to watch. And hopefully it will be just as good in the next series. But now we're going to move on to the Eastern Conference reactions. Now let's get into my reaction to the first round Eastern Conference playoff series matchups that were notable. Starting with the Knicks versus the Hawks. Trey Young balled like a superstar out there. Even though he's not a superstar yet, he definitely is a star player. He definitely showed that he's box office. He embraced being the enemy, that villain, in the hard New York Stadium. With all the fans screaming at him, talking a whole bunch of trash, he loved it. And he was able to win this series. And they balled out. They did exactly what they were supposed to do, playing off ball. And Trey Young was hitting mid-range, floaters, everything. He did everything that he needed to do. He even was passing the ball when he needed to. He didn't really turn the ball over like that. He was unstoppable. And he was making all the right moves and all the right plays. And so was the team as well. They were sending all their shots, and they didn't stop. So, shout out to the Hawks for being able to come out with that W. 
And also, Nate McMillan, he got his first playoff victory. And he should have never been fired. Nate McMillan, if it wasn't for him, the Hawks would not even be in this position to be in the playoffs in the first place. So he completely turned that franchise around. And hopefully, he's, he's he will be there to stay. And hopefully that they will have some good luck against the Sixers. As for the Knicks, man, I expected for them to win, but it just didn't happen. They did do some good things, but they just couldn't stop Trey Young. Their defense wasn't enough, and the crowd did not really startle the Hawks at all. And they weren't afraid of the Knicks, and they were able to get the W. And the Knicks, you know, they they just need to improve on some things. Like Julius Randle, he needs to work on the right hand, and so does R.J. Barrett. Because that's exactly what the Hawks were able to lock them up on. They weren't able to go right. So they forced them right. And that's bad. If you're an NBA player and you've been in the NBA all this time and you have not been able to develop that. Well, hopefully they will be able to do that next year. The Knicks, the Knicks and the organization, they definitely didn't make progress this year. Nobody expected for them to make the playoffs, and they did. Tom Thibodeau, he definitely did his thing as a coach. But for the series, I felt like there should have been more adjustments to be made on offense. So that's why they probably need like a very good offensive assistant coach on their team. So shout out to the Knicks and, and the Knicks fans out there. I know they wanted to win this series, but it just didn't happen. And Derrick Rose, he definitely did ball out. He showed his heart. He showed his grit. He showed that he's here to stay. And guess what? And I could expect for him to be there next year. You know, he had veteran leadership, and he played as a role player. He did his thing. And he definitely did push this team forward, and he helped them to get to their, get to where they were in terms of them being in the playoffs. So, shout out to Derrick Rose. Now, let's move on to my last playoff first round reaction in the Bucks versus the Heat. Now let's get into my final reaction to the Eastern Conference notable playoff series in the first round. That being in the Bucks versus the Heat. I'm going to tell you, I told you so. I told you that the additions of P.J. Tucker and Drew Holiday would be a nightmare. I told you that Giannis on defense, and on offense has stepped up. 
and he has matured into an even better player, especially with his basketball IQ. He's been being even better at an even better pace. And, you know, he's just unstoppable. But on defense for this series, which was where it was needed the most, he showed out getting steals, deflections, and blocks. He was doing everything that he needed to do to get this W. So he only focused on the defensive end for the most part. And Chris Middleton showed up. He did what he needed to do. And the role players as well. They did what they needed to do. So I fully expected for this team to to roll through the Heat. And for the Heat, they just probably just need a very good point guard. And this only tells me that last year's finals run was a, a fluke. It just couldn't happen again. You know, it just wasn't going to happen again. And Jimmy Butler, you know, he tried his best, but he can't do everything. And he's not really a particularly efficient or good shooter. So, you know, he kind of picks and chooses when he wants to shoot the ball. And, you know, he's not like a fluid scorer. So that's also the issue as well. So they really just kind of just relied on the role players to try and show up, and it just didn't happen. Tyler Hero, he didn't ball like he did last year. So, you know, I think that's just more of how players are adjusting to being in this in this situation again. So... You know, shout out to Eric Spolstra. He definitely tried. But, you know, there's only something you can do. So, this was a very good series for the Bucks in general. And I feel like they needed this win to get over their mental hurdle. And hopefully they can run through the Nets next series. And we'll see what happens. But next we're going to move on to... My reactions to the Bucks versus the next game one. But first, here is a commercial break. Now let's dive into my reaction to game one with the Nets versus the Bucks. The Bucks, they played a very inconsistent game. You know, they were coming back and then they weren't. They were coming back, and then they weren't. And then at the end, they kind of made it close. But to tell you the truth, it really wasn't. They were like 5 for like 26 on three-point attempts. And to me, like, there was a lot of shots that should have gone in. But it just didn't. It just wasn't their night. I think the Bucks they have a lot of good matchup problems for the Nets. I can still see the Bucks winning this series. They have a lot of good bench players on their team. And to me, I just think that the Bucks they could still win this series. Yes, it's just game one, but 
You know, it's very tough. And I I really don't know everybody that, you know, that steals a game one. But I imagine that it's pretty difficult to steal game one. So, you know, they, they had a very good game. But, you know, it's just very tough to win on somebody's home floor. And the Nets, they came up and they were able to hit their shots and they did what they needed to do. Kyrie Irving, uh, you know, he was there and then he wasn't. You know, he was kind of inconsistent. I think that the Bucks defense, they play a factor in that. Just being there and, you know, and being around his area of shooting. So, I do think that that did have some type of, you know, problem for him. But, you know, Kyrie Irving, he still is unstoppable and he's hard to stop and you know, I think that they should definitely put somebody else on him other than just Drew Holiday, or maybe they should double him. And, you know, and he's just a very good player. And I think that... I think that Kevin Durant, he had a very good game. I feel like any time that he goes baseline, it's going in, or taking a mid-range jump shot, it's going in. He's very good at shooting... Tools. Obviously, the Nets they they lost James Harden in the first game, in the first quarter. So I think it's going to be even more difficult without James Harden. I think this game was just a matter of who made more threes. So, the Nets they were able to come out with the victory, and we're going to see what happens in Game Two. I think it's going to be very tough in Game Two. And I would expect for the Bucks to actually steal a game. I would not be shocked if they steal that game, to be honest with you. And I just think that the Bucks they just need to make some adjustments. They might need to put Giannis on KD or Giannis on Kyrie Irving throughout the entire game. Or they might need to put Drew Holiday on Joe Harris and put P.J. Tucker on Kyrie Irving just to get physical on him and then let Giannis take the wheel on KD because Giannis, he's a very elite defender. He is a former defensive player of the year. So, you know, he's, he's very, very good at defense and he definitely did play well on defense. The thing is that, you know, the Nets are just very good at drawing fouls as well. As for Blake Griffin, man, he really did show up. He played extremely well. He had 18 points and 14 rebounds, which is unexpected. Man, had he had been playing like that with the Clippers, they would probably make a conference finals. But, you know, these are hypotheticals, and that's not what happened. But Blake Griffin, he definitely feels like, you know, it's about time for him to win a ring. And tell you the truth, if he wins a ring, listen, he's definitely going to go to the Hall of Fame no matter what anybody says. And, you know, and this is great for Blake Griffin. And shout out to him. You know, he's definitely, you know, trying to embrace the opportunity and embrace the moment. And he definitely made a lot of hustle plays. And he 
showed up with his grit, diving on the floor for loose balls and doing whatever was needed to get this W. And to me, if it wasn't for him, I'm not so sure if the Nets would have pulled out game one. So he definitely showed that he is one of the key role players in this team. And and the Bucks they cannot sleep on him. He definitely did show his passing ability. I remember that pass to Bruce Brown. Great pass. And you know, and he's always been an elite passer. So shout out to Blake Griffin uh, rejuvenating his career and showing that he could definitely still ball. And I definitely think that next game is going to be a tough one. I'm going to go with the Bucks to steal it. And that's going to be it for my reaction to game one. I don't think that the Bucks are scared or or anything like that of the Nets. I just think that the, the Bucks are just weren't hitting their shots. And we're going to see what happens for the next game. Next, we're going to move on to my reaction to the Sixers versus the Hawks game. Now, let's plunge into my reaction to the Sixers versus the Hawks game. Wow, what a game. Trey Young, he really did show up again. 35-10. and 10, Really barred out. And... So did the team. They were hitting shots and they just did whatever they, they needed to to get the win. And they were able to come up to a very good lead. And that lead definitely helped for the fourth quarter as well. And Collins and everybody else was extremely confident. And especially Trey Young. Man, he really did show his his heart out there. And he showed that he loves being a villain, just like he did with the Knicks. I'm telling you, this is really going to make the Atlanta Hawks a box office attraction. And I think that Trey Young, he's just on a 2013 Stephen Curry run. Now, I think that the Sixers will definitely step up on defense, and they'll definitely... Uh, take advantage of the fact of them being able to get physical on Trey Young. I think that they will get more physical on him, and I don't think that he'll be able to do what he did the last game. So I'm expecting for the Sixers to win the next game. And Joel Embiid, he's in a hard place. Should he play or should he not? I think that he should definitely sit this one out. Set the whole series out. I think that Ben Simmons can take care of it. I do think that Ben Simmons, he knows what to do in a situation like this. He's won a series without Joel Embiid. So just let him cook. And, you know, they still have good shooters around the Sixers. And they actually did make the game close towards the end. So, you know, I just think that, you know, they just need to do better on defense. And that's about it. So, shout out to the Hawks for getting a W. I do think that, you know, this game could potentially go six games with or without Joel Embiid. So, 
I'm definitely favoring the Sixers to win this series. And that's about it for my reactions for these two games. Next, we're going to move on to my second round predictions. Now, let's get into it. Now, let's plunge into my predictions for the Western Conference second round playoff series. I'm going to start with the Clippers versus the Utah Jazz. I think this I think this series is going to be a grit and grind series. But I'm predicting that the Clippers will win this series in 7 games. I think that Donovan Mitchell has matured a lot and I think that Rudy Gobert has also matured a lot. And I'm expecting for this team to push the Clippers to seven games. I think that Jordan Clarkson is a very six-man-of-the-year player, and he definitely deserved it. And he definitely is a baller. And I, and I expect for Joe Ingles to get under some player skin on the Clippers but I'm going to have to go with the Clippers to win this series because of the veteran leadership of Rondo, the greatness of Kawhi Leonard, and also the consistency of their bench and the consistency of Paul George, hopefully, Hopefully, Paul George will be consistent in this series. And I'm expecting for this to be a very knockdown, drag out type of series. I think they both want it. I would not be shocked if the Utah Jazz come out on top. But for right now, I'm going to have to go with the Clippers on this one. So let's move on to the next prediction. Now let's get into the final prediction for the second round of the Western Conference. That being between the Nuggets versus the Suns. I'm predicting that the Suns will win this series in six games. Yes, I said it in six games. The Nuggets are a better team even without Jamal Murray. They have... Jokic, who cannot be stopped. He's a far better player than Chris Paul and Devin Booker. They also have reliable bench players in Michael Porter Jr. They also have Austin Rivers and Aaron Gordon, who are all balling. This team will not be able to be stopped. And... They will be able to roll over, kind of, because I do expect for the Suns to get two games, but that'll be off the strength of Devin Booker. 
at least having a good, you know, couple 30-point games. I expect for him to get a couple 30-point games, but I don't expect for him to dominate. Because guess what? This is a little bit too much for Devin Booker. I fully expect for Chris Paul to max out at the second round. And, you know, he was doing a whole bunch of fist pumps in the air for winning against the Lakers. But if he don't get to the conference finals, then that's not looking good on his record again. So, you know, it looks good for for right now. But as far as, you know, the maturity of the Suns, I don't see them getting past this this round. So Nuggets and six, I expect for Jokic to have a field day, averaging over 30 points, 11 rebounds, and about eight assists. And I'm definitely expecting for, for DeAndre Ayton to show his age. You know, him being the first time in his playoffs, he's not going to be able to stop Jokic. He's just not. And... You know, they also have JaVale McGee, a veteran who's won championships. So this looks very good for the Nuggets to be able to win this series and move on to the conference finals. So let's move on to my prediction for the Eastern Conference. But first, here is the commercial break. Now let's get into the Eastern Conference, starting with the Hawks versus the Sixers. Like I said before, I'm expecting for the Sixers to win this series in six games. I definitely expect for Trey Young to have at least one more good game. And then the Sixers are going to put lockdown defense on them, and then that's it. I'm expecting for Seth Curry to show up and a whole bunch of other players on the team, Ben Simmons and, you know, everybody else to play their part. And that's only if Joel Embiid, you know, comes back in this series or, you know, is back and forth. I definitely expect And I'm definitely expecting for, for Tobias Harris to play a huge role in this series. And I just don't think that the... Hawks have enough to win this series, so I don't think that they have enough size nor defense to be able to stop anybody on the Sixers, and I'm expecting for Doc Rivers to come up strong and making adjustments for this series and being able to to stop Trey Young and to be able to make the right plays on offense, so that's it for the Sixers, Sixers and Six. Now let's move on to the last series for the second round in the Eastern Conference. Now let's get into my final prediction of the second round pertaining to the Bucks versus the Nets. I'm predicting that the Bucks will win this series in seven games. I think the Bucks they have the maturity, they have the length 
They have the defense. And I believe that they have the right players on offense to win this series. I think the Nets have a lot of talent. But there's something missing there. I don't think that they have the right leadership there. That could be in Kevin Durant. That could be in Kyrie Irving. That could even be in Steve Nash. I just don't see it for this series. I could see this series being a grit and grind series. But I don't think that the Bucks will... I don't think that the... I don't believe that the Nets will be able to just have their way with the Bucks like that. I just don't. The Bucks came very close to winning game one. They were just very cold on their three-point shots. I fully expect for the Bucks to hit their shots in the series. And the way to come up big for the Bucks is by making Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant play defense. Because guess what? They can't. They're terrible at it. So I expect for all the players on the Bucks to go at those two players. And I expect for the Bucks to be able to make the right adjustments, to be able to, to put Giannis in position to score and to be able to facilitate and to be able to come up with the right game plan to win the series. I definitely expect for the series to be tough, most definitely. But I'm expecting for the Bucks to come out on top and to finish strong. And this would be a great series for the Bucks to win. And if they win this, they'll definitely go to the finals and possibly win the championship. I will give them a great chance to win the championship. But first, it starts right here in the second round. And I believe that Giannis knows that. So I'm expecting for Giannis to, to do what he needs to do. And I'm expecting for Kyrie Irving to have very good games, but end up resulting in one-on-one ball sometimes, and that will end up costing them. I'm expecting for Kevin Durant to have a great series because he's kind of unstoppable. You know, he's very efficient. And he don't really have to take that many shots. But I'm expecting for the Bucks to be able to get physical on him and to be able to get some stops on him, which will be needed. I'm also expecting for the Bucks to, to be able to play better on interior defense. And I'm expecting for the Bucks bench to be able to show up as well. And for them to be able to stop Blake Griffin, which they weren't able to do that the last game. But for the following games, they will be able to have a game plan for him as well. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Nets win this series, even without James Harden. But 
I do feel like the fall of James Harden will cost them for this series. And that's it on my predictions for the second round. And hopefully this will be a great series for everybody. And I hope that everybody will have a good time watching these playoffs. And that's about it. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Have a great rest of the week. Don't forget to follow the podcast account on Instagram called Miles Ahead Pod. That's M-I-L-E-S Ahead Pod. And remember, let's not be inches, feet, meters, nor yards. Let's be miles ahead.